if you've ever had to fill out the FOSFA form, which is the form that you fill out online to get student loans, then this story may be familiar. For me, I remember sitting in my grandmother's study, reviewing the forms online before I entered my first year of college. I sat there and I had my parents' tax forms and I had my tax forms and I had a whole bunch of questions. We filled out this paperwork online and my grandmother was explaining to me like the difference between a subsidized loan and unsubsidized loan and I was still really confused about all of it. I remember at the end of it before like actually like signing to take the loans you had to take this like little online course right about how student loans worked and what the responsibility that it entails and all that fun stuff right you know I I just I remember sitting there just being kind of overwhelmed with it I mean overwhelmed in a couple different ways with the amount of stuff that I was having to sign up and like the reality of like how much money this could be but then also with the overwhelming of feeling of just how happy I was, the fact that I could go to college, that I got into college, that my grandmother was there helping me because she was my favorite person in the world. So spending time with her was always something I wanted to do. And I remember just, you know, filling out everything and finishing up, setting up the pin number you needed to have and getting it sent off to the colleges that I wanted. And when it came time to start school, You know, I went over to the bookstore and got my books and I had signed up for classes. And a couple weeks after class started, I got a check in the mail. I was like, what is this? I was 18 years old. I was like, where'd this money come from? Oh, it's from my financial aid. Oh, cool. Let me be responsible with this money. I had all of the best intentions. But let me tell you, I was 18 years old. And those best intentions did not happen. I vowed that I would use that money to pay back on my loans by putting it in a savings account. And this happened every semester throughout my undergraduate degree. But that money never got saved. So I'll finish this story in just a minute. But I do want to pause here because in today's episode, I want to cover some of the advice that I wish my 35-year-old self could have given to my 18-year-old self all of those years ago in regards to paying for my college, paying for my education. Let's get ready and dive into episode number nine, what I wish I knew about paying for college. You're listening to the Connect the Dots podcast with me, Heather Balseric. This show is designed to help you navigate your career, understand your customer's experience, and bring us together as we learn more about our communities. So tune in, turn it up, and get ready to connect the dots. So the money that I was going to save didn't get saved. Four years of college, a couple of years of grad school, financed by student loans, and then years of deferment as I finished grad school have led me to where I am today. And where I sit today, I owe $60,568.11. And that is as of, I guess, technically nine days ago. So as, as of February 1st, 2020, that is what I owed on my student loans. That's a big number. It's pretty crazy. 
I would estimate that 30 to 40% of my loans are actually interest that accrued during school and years of deferment. I've tried to determine the actual amount, uh, but the report is not as straightforward as one would hope it would be. So I'm going to give it a fair estimate of, you know, 30 to 40% of that is probably just interest. So how did how do we get from point A to point debt? Um, and, and really, what can we learn from my journey? I think that learning, you know, other people's stories can help you hopefully you navigate similar situations a little bit better. So I want to kind of help you in learning like how I, you know, what my journey has looked like and things that I wish I would have known to inevitably hopefully help you or help your child or a member of your family avoid the fact that they have to say, I owe $60,000 in student loans. So before we dive into that though, let's, let's define what types of financial aid there are. So what are the two, there are two main loan types that you get um, with financial aid. The first one is considered a direct subsidized loan. And these are available for undergraduate students with a financial need. So this is where the school determines the amount that you can borrow and it may not, the amount may not exceed your financial needs. So they, you don't get more money than your classes would cost. But basically with a subsidized loan, the Department of Education pays the interest on that while you're in school at least half time and for the first six months after you finish school or after you leave school and any period of deferment. You're not accumulating interest while you're going to school. That's where the second one comes in, a direct unsubsidized loan. This is available for graduate and undergraduate students. There is no requirement to demonstrate a financial need. So this is where they just say, hey, we're gonna, um, we're gonna give you um, this, uh, this money and you can choose to take it all or take a smaller amount of it or not at all. And in that case with an unsubsidized loan, you are responsible for paying the interest from day one. The day they give you that money, you're responsible for the interest that accrues. Now, while you're in school and during your grace period, deferments, or forbearance, that interest doesn't have to be paid. So what it does is it accrues, it accumulates, and then it is capitalized. And basically that means that your interest is added to the principal amount of your loan. So all of the interest that has come about during the, the times that you've had unsubsidized loans, if you don't pay, pay that off while you're in school, then once your loan enters repayment, all of that money is then capitalized, put together and said, oh, you owe this much, now you owe this much more because there's all the interest you didn't pay. So then you're paying interest on interest. <laughs> it's, it gets very, it's very, it's student loan math. It's numbers. Let me get back into this story here, right? Tell you a little bit deeper about kind of how I got in the situation um, of, of how much student loan debt that I have. I had a combination of those two loans, subsidized and unsubsidized. After I graduated from Athens State with my bachelor's degree, which was in 2006, I started graduate school. I didn't work for a company at the time that had tuition reimbursement. So I deferred my loans and I took out some more to start grad school. 
After a couple of years, I did get a job that did pay tuition reimbursement. So I continued to go to school using that reimbursement from my company, as well as taking out some student loans. Because at one point I started going to a a different school. So I initially went to grad school for industrial and organizational psychology. And then I decided I was changing my major and I actually went to the Academy of Art um, in San Francisco online. And that particular, those classes that I took were not covered by my employer's tuition reimbursement. So all of that money came from student loans to pay for those classes. And then I did not um, do as well as I wanted to in those classes. So I said, you know what, this is, I love doing photography, not where I need to be putting all my effort. So I moved back into a business degree um, as far as my graduate uh, degree is concerned. And I moved that focus towards business. Fast forward, right, to 2013. This is when I finished my graduate degree. So let's do the math. I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2006. I finished my graduate degree in 2013. That is seven years. Seven years of interest piling onto these, the four years of interest that some of the loans had already accrued. I mean, so much interest. So I had some of those loans were 11 years old at this point because they were the very first ones I took out. I started making payments because that's what you do. Six months after you graduate, they gladly send you a bill and say, guess what? It's time to start repaying. And you can have your choice of a couple different repayment options. And I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, when I, when I got this, I think my balance was somewhere around a hundred or not a hundred. Oh goodness. No, uh, my balance was somewhere around 68 to 70 K. Well, in 2015, I lost my job here in Alabama and I moved to Tennessee for a year. And while I was there, I deferred my my loan payments again because to be able to afford an apartment in Nashville and a house here with my husband, um, I could not make that student loan payment. I had to make a rent payment. So um, when I came back to Alabama in 2015, at the end of 2015, you know, I started paying those again. So I had another year of interest piling right on top of that. And, you know, I refin- I've refinanced my loans a couple of times since coming back, uh, or since 2015. In 2017, I moved them from Fed loans to SoFi. And I changed from the 30-year plan that you're initially set up on down to a 15-year plan and a cheaper interest rate. Well, at the end of 2019, I refinanced with SoFi again, and this time I went from that 15-year plan to a seven-year plan um, with an even cheaper interest rate. So I think I went down a, I think I went down a whole point this last time. So my payment right now is currently equal to my house payment. That just, that hurts to say. It does. It's a lot of money, (laughs) but I... I'm so done with these things. They are just, I mean, I'll be honest. My husband almost did not marry me because of my student loans. Bless his heart. Um, because he said, I, he's like, that's a lot of money that you owe. And I don't know if I want to attach myself to that. <laughs> all in good reason. All understand 100% the feelings he had about that. And 
But at this point, I will pay off my loans when I am 42 years old. Ooh, that sounds like forever and a day away. Uh, But, you know, I graduated for the last time from grad school at the age of 29. Finished up all of the education, all of the interest compounding from, you know, 2002 um, up to 2013. And, you know, I'll have them paid off by the time I'm 42, if not sooner. And don't get me wrong, I am paying them off a lot faster than a lot of people. I am very, very thankful that because of my education, because of the work that I've put in, I I am able to have a job where I make a very good wage and I am able to make that payment. I'm able to put put that extra money into paying these student loans off at a faster rate, but it still sucks. Oh man, if that, I'm just so glad it comes out automatically because I would not want to have to write the check or put in the numbers in the box. I just take the money. I don't even want to have to worry about it. Just take the money because it's just sad and I'm so ready for it to be over. And one day it will be because I have a plan. So there's the story. There's the story of how I have come to have so much in student loans um, and kind of how the interest and, and everything kind of compounded over time. And when I was thinking about this and how I really wanted to position this episode is there, there are five things that I really wish I would have known. And, and that's what I want to share with you. The, the first thing I wish I would have known is that you don't have to take all the money that they offer you. If you've got, you know, maybe you're working and you're putting money back, figure out how much you just, if you have to borrow money, if you have to get a student loan, figure out exactly the amount you need and take no more, no more than what you need. The second thing I wish I would have known uh, or wish I would have done is pay the interest during school. So on those unsubsidized loans, you get a a bill in the mail or via online, you get that interest bill every month or every quarter. I can't remember, but you do get that bill. Well, pay it. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like, a, you know, it may not feel like you're doing a lot, but you are doing so much because if you can pay the interest now, then when you hit the end of it, then you're just, then your principal amount is going to get interest accrued. You're not going to get interest accrued on your principal and four years of interest or however long. So I would encourage you to pay that interest during school. The third one is apply for scholarships every single year. This is something that I kick myself for so much. When I graduated from high school, I had a half scholarship, so a half ride to Jacksonville State University. They were going to pay for half of my education uh, based on just academics. And I decided that I would not, I wasn't going to go to Jacksonville State. I decided to stay locally and go to a local college, uh, go to a two-year school and then go to to a junior college and then to a senior college. And when I, when I changed schools, I did not apply for any scholarships um, at the community college. I didn't apply for them either year, my freshman or sophomore year. 
When I did go to Athens State for my junior year, I did apply for a scholarship before I transferred. I did get a scholarship. It was $500, which was, hey, that was money I didn't have to borrow. I didn't, like, I didn't reapply for any scholarships my senior year. Like, I just, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know if I was just too busy, if I just wasn't paying attention. Like, I knew that they were there. Why didn't I go apply for them? So, oh, if you're about to go to school or you have kids about to go to school, apply for the scholarships. (laughs) The fourth thing is to remember you don't have to graduate in four years. Work. Save your money. Pay for classes as you go. You can talk to your school. You can talk to them about, hey, I want to pay for these classes. Let's work out like a plan. How much to, How much are the credit hours? How much am I going to need to have? How much do books cost on average? You can set yourself up with like a savings plan of like, how much do I need to save to be able to take these classes? How much do I need to work? And you can do that. You know, you can pay for the classes yourself and not take out loans at all. The last thing that I would recommend that you do, and my 18-year-old self would probably roll my eyes at this, but talk to a financial advisor. And I'm not talking about the financial aid advisor at the college. I'm talking about like a legit financial advisor. Find somebody that is a trusted source with money. And this doesn't have to be like somebody that you go pay. If you have a family friend that is really good with money, or maybe one of your parents or grandparents is good with money, but find somebody that can kind of take you through it and look at, hey, if you have this much, if you end up taking this much in loans, how long is it going to take you to pay it back? Because let me tell you, when you graduate with an undergrad degree, you don't immediately start making six figures. I mean, I don't make six figures. And then I don't know that I will in the next five years. It'd be great. I'm striving towards this. It's not something immediate. You know, I worked for a couple of companies where it was very mom and pop kind of kind of type companies and, you know, or smaller entities and they couldn't afford to pay as much as like bigger corporations. And so there was a, you know, a couple times where I worked for a company and I was there for like four years and did not get a single raise. That's, that's hard, but that's life. You are not promised a raise. You are not guaranteed a raise every year. I am very thankful for the employer that I have that that is something that they do, that they are able to do. Really, when you're sitting down trying to figure out where are you going to go and how much is it going to cost, talk to a financial advisor and get some real dollars on paper. Like do some figures and really take a look at the field that you're going into. What is that entry level job or that, you know, that entry level place that you're going to be? What's that pay? And now let's back it up. Okay. If you want a house, if you want an apartment, if you want a nice car, if you want this or that, you got to kind of back that, you know, come backwards with it and make sure that you're living within your means and that you're being smart about how you're paying for college. Student loans aren't terrible. So, so let me, let me say this. I'm not against student loans. Um, They're not the greatest things. And if you can avoid them by all means, please, please do. It's one of those things where if you need the help 
if you have the plan in place, then then do what you can, but you got to stick to your plan. Don't be like me and say, oh, let me put that money in a savings account and I'll pay it on it when I get done. And then you, you're like, oh, but I need this and I need this thing over here and I need to buy something over here and I need a new computer. And, and you're starting to use that money for things that you never intended to use it for. And then that money is gone. And I know that right now, there's a lot of talk, too, about the government helping to decrease the student loan debt. I mean, I don't have the number in front of me, but just the amount of student loan debt in this country is astronomical. I mean, it's astronomical. It's so much. And it would be great if they passed a bill to, you know, to get rid of some of the debt or get rid of some of the interest or whatever the case may be. But I know that I owe this money. I know that I promised to pay it back. And I'm not going to go back on my word. I signed that piece of paper electronically and I am responsible for that. It is my responsibility being when I was younger that has gotten me here today where now I'm 35 and in the past couple of years I've started to say, you know what? This I'm done. I am done with this. Let's make some better decisions, Heather. Let's get our budget under control. Let's pay off these stupid loans so that you can use that money and do something else. Because let me tell you, I could do a lot more with the money that I pay on my student loans. (laughs) So um, I could definitely um, be doing more with that money if it, if I could, if I could get these student loans paid off. So, but I know that I owe this money and I am going to be true to my word and I'm going to pay this money back just like I promised to do when I signed that very first note in 2002. So if you do choose to take out loans, again, you sign that form and you are responsible for repaying that money. And as an 18 year old, this may be one of the first really adult things that you have to sign and agree to. You want to take this seriously. And I promise if you do, if you take this seriously, if you plan ahead, if you do these five things, right? Don't take all the money. Uh, pay the interest if you're having to take out loans. Apply for scholarships. You know, work, save, and pay for classes as you go. Talk to a financial advisor. If you do those five things, your future self will thank you. You'll be 35 and turn around and go, man, thanks. Thanks, 18-year-old self, for taking that advice and not going into crazy student loan debt and getting your degree in, in you know, maybe it took me eight years and not four, but I got my degree and I'm debt-free from it. Your future self will thank you if you take this advice uh, moving forward. So, but that is, that's what I have for today. Um, it is something that I'm going to continue to talk about. Um, I do want to do an episode where we talk about other ways to fund college. And I've started doing that research. And this episode was actually supposed to be how to fund college. But as I was doing the research, I was like, I really want to make sure that I put in everything I can. And so it's going to require a little bit more time, a little bit more digging to provide you with kind of that good background and that good resource um, podcast that I want to make sure that I get to you for that particular um, subject. So funding college specifically. 
But next week, um, next week you are going to hear from another one of my Ballistum girls. Christina is going to be with us. We're going to be listening to her story, which is a an extremely powerful story about overcoming adversity and just how something so, I won't say random, but just her story is just one that I love so much. And we talk a lot about kind of how the adversity that she's come through, how it's positioned her to start her nonprofit, um, which is actually called Being Positioned. So really looking forward to having you hear that interview. And that will be out next Monday. But for today, that's all I got, folks. And as I always like to end my episodes by saying, I want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you in this life. I'm telling you folks, I truly believe that. I am praying for you. I am sending you all the good thoughts and vibes. If there's anything that I can do for you, please let me know. Have a great day, folks. So to make sure that you don't miss out on next week's episode, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get notified. Come on and join the conversation over on Instagram and follow me at Ms. Heatherby dot or at Polka Dot Desk. We are here for you and look forward to bringing you more information about career, customers, and community. This podcast is brought to you by the Polka Dot Desk.